Winston, and this is Volumes of Fear. Button time means terror time. Presented by Crimson Knight Productions, this is Volumes of Fear, a horror comedy narrative podcast. And here is your host and raconteur, Piedmont Montgomery. Welcome to Volumes of Fear. We are so happy that you decided to join us for this journey into horror. We're coming to you from reading room number two, found in the Eastridge Public Library. On this edition of Volumes of Fear, we will learn a few things. We learn that the word Mima is another word for grandmother, and we also learn what a young man will do when his Mima is treated unfavorably. The young man in this scary story sets about getting justice in a truly terrifying fashion. This terror tale is called A Mummy for Mima. Gary had been down in the dumps as of late. He'd lost his job not long ago, and recently he'd gone through a tough breakup with his girlfriend. But the one thing that always cheered him up was when he got to visit his grandmother, whom he and his family affectionately referred to as Mima. It was a Tuesday evening when Gary made his way to the nursing home where his Mima resided. There, he found her in the nursing home's TV room. Mima! Who are you? Are you from the thrift store? I told you bums I'm not dead yet, so you can't have my stuff. No, Mima, it's me, Gary, your grandson. I know, I know. I'm just busting your chops, shrimp. Oh, Mima, you had me there. Relax, Gary. I may be old, but I've still got plenty of marbles in my sack. Well, it was a good act. How have you been, Mima? The doctors are pill poppers, the toilet seats are cold, the food is awful, and I wish you or anybody would call more. Other than that, I guess I'm not bad, but I'm a little concerned about something. What are you concerned about? You see that big, tall, burly nurse over there? Yeah. Her name's Tina, and she's stealing from me. Oh, Mima, she's not stealing from you. You bet your boots she is, buddy boy. The other day, I was leaving my room to go to my jujitsu lesson, and I saw Tina waiting outside my room. I asked her what she wanted, and she said she was there to change my bedpans. I said thanks, and went to my lesson. In the middle of my lesson, while I was mopping the floor with the Widow Johnson, I realized something. I don't have a bedpan. Ain't my style. So why was this Amazon waiting to get into my room? Maybe she made a mistake. I thought that could be a possibility, but when I got back to my room, I looked around and noticed the coin collection my brother Richard gave me was gone. You mean that collection of Morgan Dollar coins from the 1880s? Yep, gone like a geek in dodgeball. Those suckers were valuable. I'm sure Big Tina took them. Probably pawned them for money so she could buy more steroids. Aw, Mima, come on now. You probably just misplaced them. Did you look everywhere for them? Yep, left no stone unturned. Did you check behind your Frank Zappa collection? Gary, I'm not an idiot. I checked everywhere. I'm sure that tree trunk of a woman stole my coins. I've got half a mind to go and teach her that nobody steals from your Meemaw. I ain't no chump. I'll throw down with her. Okay, Meemaw. Settle down. 
I'll look into it. Good luck to ya. All they're gonna do is lie to you. This place is wrapped up in more conspiracies and cover-ups than the Clintons. I'll look into it, Mima. In fact, I hate to tell you, but I gotta get going. So soon? Yeah, I'm sorry. My friend Nate just moved into a new apartment, and he asked me to help him move some of his furniture around. I didn't realize what time it was. Is there anything I can get you before I go? Ain't nothing you can provide, Squirt. Try me. Okay. I need the touch and embrace of a man. Excuse me? I need a man, Gary. Your Meemaw is lonely and misses masculine companionship. Uh, Meemaw, I'm not sure what to say. Because there ain't nothing you can say or even do. And if you could say or do anything, that'd be weird. Meemaw's not into weird. Right. Well, I can at least look into your missing coins. Good luck to ya. All right, Meemaw. I gotta go. I'll be back in a few days. Okay, playa. Catch you on the flip side. Gary bid farewell to his Mima and began making his way out of the nursing home. On his way, he passed by the front desk and saw Tina, the nurse his Mima had accused of burgling her valuable coin collection. Gary decided to approach Tina and inquire about the missing coins. Excuse me, are you Tina? Yeah. I had a question. Shoot away, Pee-wee. My Mima. Your what? My Mima. My grandmother. Oh, right. She, uh, well, this isn't easy to bring up, but she mentioned that she was a little worried that some of her stuff was missing. Missing? Actually, she thinks someone is stealing from her. Stealing? Your grandmother thinks someone was stealing from her? Sure that maybe Mima wasn't getting into the medication cabinet? Yeah, I'm not accusing you or anything, but do you know what she might be talking about? Nope. Well, if you happen to see a collection of coins from the 1880s, they're large and silver. Would you mind giving me a call? Yeah, I can do that. What are your digits? I'll write them down on this piece of paper. Okay, lay it on me. My number is 555-536-736. Halt! Pardon? My pen just ran out of ink. Hang on. I've got another one in my pocket. Tina reached into her pocket and pulled out another pen, when suddenly, a coin fell out of Tina's pocket. What was that? What was what? That noise. It sounded like a coin. I didn't hear anything. Gary looked on the floor where he heard the sound and saw that it was in fact a coin that had fallen from Tina's pocket. He reached down and picked it up and recognized the coin immediately. This was the same kind of coin that his Mima had said was missing. Hey, this is a Morgan Dollar coin. This is the same kind of coin from that coin collection that Mima said was missing. It was in your pocket. Are you accusing me of something, Keebler? I don't know. Should I be? If you're going to accuse me of something, you better be ready to back it up, or else we do the man dance. What? You know what? Let me see your supervisor. He's unavailable. When will he be available? Relax, Crouton. Just leave your name and number, and I'll make sure he calls you. No, I'm not going to do that. I want to talk to him now. I don't take kindly to demands, short stack. This is absurd. What's the name of your supervisor? His name is Dr. Get Out of Here Now Before We Have a Problem. Is that French? I'm going to give you a French name with my fist. 
Gary was taken aback and shocked by the aggressive demeanor that Tina was exhibiting. He grew nervous and began to wonder if things would in fact grow violent. Yet his weariness ceased as soon as he saw a doctor exit a nearby office and approach him. Excuse me, I'm Dr. Bernard, one of the physicians here. I heard a bit of an ado out here. Is there an issue? Hi, Dr. Bernard. My name is Gary Crumples, and I think this nurse is stealing. What makes you say this? I was just talking to my Mima and... I'm sorry, your what? My Mima, my grandma. I was just talking to her, and she said she thought this nurse Tina here was stealing from her. I wasn't sure what to think at first, and by chance I asked her if she knew anything. She denied it, and then this coin fell out of her pocket. It's the same Morgan Dollar coin from the 1880s. It's the same kind of coin from a collection that my Mima had and said is now missing. So your Mima said she is missing a coin collection and made the accusation that Tina stole it? Right. Well, young man, I think we have the explanation. Yeah, I think we do. Yes, obviously. Your Mima is lying. What? I just told you what happened. Often the elderly will lie to get attention. How do you explain the coin that fell out of her pocket? Your Mima probably saw Tina with it and made up this tall tale to get someone to listen to her. There's no way this nurse would have a coin like this on her without having stolen it. It is too much of a coincidence. This won't stand. Mr. Crumples, I don't appreciate your defiance, and I certainly don't appreciate you accusing one of my staff of illegal activities. I think it would be best that you leave. You're kicking me out? Yes, and putting a lifetime ban on your return to a few more days nursing home. You're kicking me out and banning me for life? Indeed. Now, vacate the premises, or else we will alert the authorities. You're not going to get away with this. Neither of you. Hmm. Little threats from a little man. Leave now, or else we will call the police. Gary was beside himself. He was madder than he had ever been, and knew that he would make no headway at that precise moment. He gave both Tina and Dr. Bernard menacing glances as he stormed out of the nursing home. Gary was frustrated by what had occurred, yet he had promised his friend Nate that he would help him move his furniture around his new apartment. Gary's frustrations were still high when he arrived at Nate's residence. Hey, Gary! Hi, Nate. Thanks for helping me move this furniture. I know I just moved in, but I want to get this place feeling like home. No problem. Come in. All right, well, it's not that much. We just got to move a small love seat and the couch and my little hutch and, of course, the big hutch and the armoire. Oh, and my grand piano. And then if you can help me fix my bidet, that'd be great. Let's just get this done. Hey, why the Sour Patch attitude, kid? I don't want to talk about it. Oh, come on now. Something's eating you. What's up? One of the nurses down at my Mima's nursing home has been stealing from her. Your what? My Mima. Meat Maud? Mima. My Mima. It's what we call my grandma. How has no one ever heard of that? Sorry. My grandma's just called Grandma. Or Anya. Or Nana. Or Tanta when we're in the old country. What's important is that someone is stealing from your meats... 
Meet, meet, ma'am. Mima. Yeah, that's what's important. Someone is stealing from her. Did you talk to any of the administrators? I tried to. The doctor I spoke to took the nurse's side, even though I caught the nurse red-handed. A coin fell out of her pocket, and it was the exact same type of rare coin that my Mima had a collection of. It's really valuable. The man is always sticking it to you. What are you going to do? I don't know. Maybe fill out a police report? I'm not sure this is going to be taken seriously. I'm sorry, Gary. I appreciate it, Nate. I didn't mean to bring my salty attitude here. It's completely understandable. I'd be salty too. I just feel helpless, Nate. There are alternatives. Like what? We could ask my cousin for help. Your cousin? The one that takes photos of cats in sailor outfits? No, not him. My other cousin, Nina. Is she the one you moved in with? Yeah, she was gracious enough to let me stay here for as long as I split the rent. Highway robbery, I tell you. But she's very smart. You think she can help? I know she can. She's very intelligent. She's currently working on her doctorate down at Peaksville University. Not long ago, there was a huge controversy on her campus. Apparently, a student there never showed up to class and he didn't turn in any work, and the instructor gave the student an F. Nina organized a rally and a protest and got the student an A. Huh. Sort of sounds like maybe the student deserved the original grade. No doubt there, Thomas. But if she was able to take action like that and get some lazy future deadbeat kid a better grade, imagine what she can do for your meat wad. Meemaw. Yeah, her too. Come on, let's ask Nina for some advice. Hey, Nina. Gary felt some comfort from his friend Nate and was optimistic that Nate's cousin Nina may be able to help. Nina! What is it, Nate? What are you up to? I'm working on my dissertation. It's about Egypt's ninth dynasty and the reign of Pharaoh Nefertari VII, specifically when he ruled during 2135 BCE to 2120 BCE. Hey, that sounds really, you know, but hey, this is my friend Gary. Hi, Gary. Hi, Nina. It's very nice to meet you. And actually, he needs your help with something. He's experienced an injustice. Injustice, huh? Go on, spill the beans, burrito. What happened? Gary told Nina of his Mima's coin collection being stolen, and then what had happened at the nursing home with the staff. Nina listened to the whole story, and when Gary finished, she remained quiet as she processed what she had just heard. So, that's what happened. Do you think you can help, Nina? That's terrible. I'm sorry for what has happened to you and your Mima. Thanks. And thanks for not making a stink about my grandma being called Mima. I hate that this is happening. As do I, especially when something like this hits the geriatric community. So, what do you want to do to get justice? I'm not sure. I was thinking about taking legal action, but Nate said you recently organized a rally and a protest that had some really great results. Hmm, yes. But this injustice is bigger than a student who has failed for simply not attending class or turning in any of their coursework. Yeah, I still don't get that. I think I have an idea. Follow me. Nina scurried off down the hallway. Gary and Nate followed as she led them into her room. Gary and Nate stood and watched as Nina rifled through a stack of documents and retrieved a paper. Here, this, this will help. What is that? These are the translated scrolls of Pharaoh Nemkalima. Who's that? He was an Egyptian pharaoh that died in 1500 B.C. He was notorious for exacting revenge on those who had been wronged. 
Sorry, Nina, but what does an Egyptian pharaoh that died more than 3,000 years ago have to do with bringing the people who stole from my Mima to justice? About a year ago, I was in a class where we got to study the sarcophagus of Pharaoh Nemkalima. The suck what? Sarcophagus. It's like a large coffin. That's correct. Inside the sarcophagus were ancient scrolls that we translated. These translated scrolls contain a special incantation. If that incantation is read out loud, it will summon Pharaoh Nemkalima back from the world of the dead. And? And the scroll said that if the special incantation on it was read out loud, Nemkalima would come back to life and seek justice for the person who was wronged. What are you saying? I'm saying I'll read this incantation from the scroll. Nemkalima will come back to life, and he will get justice for your Mima. Okay, so say I actually believe this was possible. Where is Nemkalima at? Is he just going to magically appear from the world of the dead? Open my closet. Gary and Nate looked at one another, and then over to the closet in Nina's room. Both of them slowly approached the closet. Gary looked back at Nina, then to Nate, who was just as curious as to what could be in the closet. Then Gary opened the closet door. To reveal a large, ancient Egyptian sarcophagus, standing upright against the closet's back wall. Is this a... Yes, Gary. It's a sarcophagus. But not just any sarcophagus. The sarcophagus of Pharaoh Nemkalima. And before you even ask, yes, his mummy is inside of it. Is this real? You bet your boots, buddy boy. Nina, what is the coffin of an ancient Egyptian pharaoh doing in your closet? When we were done with it, the university was just going to throw the sarcophagus and mummy away. My friends and I snatched it one night and brought it here. The university was going to throw away a piece of history like this? Just because it wasn't needed anymore? Academia knows how to throw money away. So you're going to read the incantation from the translated scrolls? And then this sarcophagus is going to open? And Pharaoh Nemkalima is going to come back to life and seek out the people who wronged Gary's meat lad? That's a condensed version of what we're doing, but accurate. <laughs> Far out. This seems a little morbid. I just wanted to expose the people who stole my Mima's coin collection. Now we're talking about bringing a mummy back to life to seek revenge. Not revenge, Gary. Justice. What's the difference? Semantics. I'm not sure about this. This seems weird. And Gary's not into weird. Gary, your Mima has been taken advantage of. Those people down there at the nursing home stole from her. They took advantage of her. And then, when you tried to intervene, they shut you down. And guess what? Your Mima probably isn't the only resident they're stealing from. This is gonna be awesome. You don't actually believe any of this stuff, do you, Nate? Hey, what do you have to lose? If this works, the jerks who robbed your Mimbla, they get their comeuppance. And if it doesn't work, then we'll go down to Mark's exotic oven of unique sandwiches, get a few fleeing Cuban sandwiches, and we'll figure out another plan. Have you ever done this before? I haven't personally done it, but I saw someone else do it. I don't know about this. Gary, just let her try it. Fine! Go ahead. Good, let's do this. Both of you cupcakes, stand back. Gary and Nate took a step away from the sarcophagus as Nina took a step closer. She held up the piece of paper that had the translated incantation. Gary and Nate readied themselves for the possibility of what could happen. Okay, here we go. Pharaoh Nemkalima, we summon you to return from the world of the dead. Inhabit your former human vessel. Rise up and seek vengeance for Gary's Mima. Bring revenge to those who wronged her at the nursing home. Revenge? I thought you said this was justice. 
Six of one, half dozen of another. Suddenly, the lid from Pharaoh Nemkalima's sarcophagus began to come loose and shake. Nina was filled with joy while Gary and Nate watched with disbelief as the heavy lid fell to the ground. Gary and Nate took a step closer and saw within the sarcophagus a grotesque, partially decomposed body that was covered in cobwebs and bandages. Then, to their astonishment, the mummy's fingers began to twitch. Look! The mummy's fingers are twitching! First, the mummy's fingers began to twitch. Then its arms and legs began to wiggle. Next, its eyes slowly opened, revealing pupils that were yellow, like a fancy mustard found on a corned beef sandwich. This thing is actually coming to life! The mummy's arms raised up, and then it stepped out of the sarcophagus. It slowly walked into the center of Nina's room. The mummy was truly alive. It studied its environment and opened its mouth, and then let out a groan. This is so awesome! What do we do, Nina? You dorks need to chill. I got this. Pharaoh, look at me. Pharaoh Nemkalima lives. Yes, Pharaoh, you do. Now, seek justice for Gary's Mima. Me. Me. Mima? My Just grandmother. Justice for me. 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 Meat what? Nemkalima will get justice. After speaking these words, the mummy, Pharaoh Nemkalima, slowly exited Nina's room and left the apartment. Gary and Nate were in shock over what they had witnessed. I should have gotten a selfie! How does the mummy know where to go? It's just part of its intuition. What do you mean? Seriously, dude, stop asking so many questions. Now what? We wait while the pharaoh gets justice. Gary took Nina's advice. He left Nate and Nina's apartment and went home. But before doing so, he told them he would visit his Mima the next day and would let them both know if anything happened. That night, Gary could hardly sleep. He was both worried and curious as to what the mummy was going to do at the nursing home where his Mima lived. The next morning, Gary quickly prepared for the day and then headed over to just a few more days' nursing home. When he arrived, he parked his car, entered the building, and quickly found a group of police officers conducting an investigation. He approached one of the police officers and asked what had happened. Excuse me, officer? Yeah? What's going on? Who are you? My name's Gary, and my Mima lives here. Your what? My Mima. My... my grandmother. Last night, someone came in here and killed a nurse and a doctor. Pardon me? Someone killed a nurse and a doctor. Tore him up good. Pulled the nurse's arms off and then used them to beat the doctor to death. Are you serious? Afraid so. It's a mess in there. Was anyone else hurt? No, all the patients are fine and accounted for. Do you know who did it? Some of the residents said it was someone covered in cobwebs and wearing a ton of bandages. It made it sound like a mummy came in here and slaughtered them both, but that's probably unlikely. You know the elderly. They always lie to get attention. Right. Well, I'm going to make sure my Meemaw is okay. Gary made his way through the nursing home to his Meemaw's room. Realizing the mummy that he and his friends summoned had caused such carnage made Gary a little sick. Yet knowing that his Meemaw and the other patients were safe and would not be subjected to any more theft, 
gave him some reassurance. After the quick walk, Gary arrived at his Mima's room. He knocked on the door. Just a second! Oh, you bad boy, you stop that, you stinker. I need to see who's here. Gary! Hey, Mima, are you okay? I sure am, Gary. Why do you ask? Are you talking about the bloodbath that went down with Tina and Dr. Bernard? Yeah, the police said they were murdered. Oh yeah, it was an unmerciful slaughter. But hey, that's karma. So you're okay? Oh, I'm just fine, Gary. In fact, I'm great. You're great? Yep, Mima's great. Tina won't ever steal from me and that awful pill-poppin' Dr. Bernard got his, if you know what I mean. And remember how I told you Mima was lonely and missed masculine companionship? Uh, yeah? Well, I've met someone. You have? Yep, he's a tall drink of water. A real stud muffin. Wanna meet him? Uh, sure, I think. Come on in and meet him then, Cupcake. Gary entered his Mima's room and was startled when he found Pharaoh Nemkalima, the same mummy he and his friends had summoned the night before. Gary was taken aback as the mummy slowly approached him. His Mima moved past Gary and stood next to the mummy. Gary, meet my new man. <laughs> Pharaoh Nemkalima loves Mima. Indeed, justice has been served, or should I say, revenge has been served. Don't forget, Mima got a new man! Certainly, Winston, but love is a tale of terror, far too long for our broadcast. Listeners, I'm afraid that's a wrap for this edition of Volumes of Fear. We hope we left you terrified, but also yearning for more. We would like to thank our presenter, Crimson Knight Productions, for all of their help and support in producing these twisted tales. You can find Volumes of Fear on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Give us a look over and a like on these social media outlets. Until next time, listeners, share the scare and like the lunacy. This episode of Volumes of Fear featured the acting talents of Josh Berkey, J.C. Rositas, Shannon Riley, Rachel Collins, Derek DeBoer, Andy Collins, and Swirl. It was produced by Andy Collins and J.C. Rositas from a script by Andy Collins. Sound mixing and engineering was done by J.C. Rositas with artwork by Derek DeBoer. Musical tracks by Kevin McCloyd of Incompetech.com as well as an original piece by Swirl, were used as part of this episode's score. This episode of Volumes of Fear was presented by Crimson Knight Productions. Visit them online at cnproductions.net. Follow Volumes of Fear on Facebook or suffer the horrible consequences. 